last picture is a little disconcerting, just a little bit, you know. So, no, it's great having you all here today. And um, before we get started, I do want to thank you. I know uh, Pastor Stephanie had spoken about the videos that were shared, and um, you shared over 100 times, but there was almost 5,500 people views, 5,500 people actually watched that video. And so those are the kind of people that you invite to come, and because of those little connections, man, and because I believe God's going to touch their heart, they'll come and interact with the message of hope that we're going to have on Saturday night. And so please come, invite your friends, and again, let me say it one last time here, don't be late. Get here early, get in the room, and um, before the service time, that first eight-minute piece, lights are out, and um, we won't open the door until after the first ten minutes is over. And so please, if you invite your friends, tell them you got to get here on time. Now, if you get here late for some reason, chill out, and then come in, all right, after that ten-minute part, and then you can do the same at the end and watch the first part and the next, just plan on not being late. All right. Man, today is our last in this awkward family Christmas series that we've been doing, and it's been so much fun. And I just want to say life when it comes to just being lived generally is an awkward kind of thing sometimes, right? Experiences that can be awkward. I mean, how many people here, you have a relationship in your life that is just awkward? A person in your life is just awkward. It's just, it, it's difficult. It's, you know, now listen, if you didn't raise your hand, guess what? You are that person. No, no, everybody's like, oh, I'll raise my hand now, you know. No, no. But when it comes down to this idea of things being awkward, we defined it the first week of the series. I'm going to throw the definition back on the screen. The idea of being awkward is causing difficulty. We live in life at times that can be difficult. Something that's hard to do. You're trying to do mechanic work, wearing mittens. That would be an awkward thing. It's something that is difficult, right? Um, when it comes to feeling embarrassment, something that's awkward can cause the feeling of embarrassment. It can cause the sense of inconvenience. These are things that are awkward. They're frustrating. They're a little disconcerting. And so during this series, we've been helping you to find that, that grace that you need in the midst of awkward moments of life. Every one of us needs to have an interjection of grace into the awkward moments of our life. And this week, I had an awkward family moment. Probably one of the most awkward family moments I've ever had. And I'm so thankful God allowed it to happen right before I preached this sermon. Come on, somebody. I'm like, Jesus, this is awesome. Thank you, Lord, for great sermon fodder. It can't get better than this. Everybody say, can't get better. Let's say, let's say can we do a double negative? Can't get no better. I'm telling you, then this, it's just the telling the truth. And so how many experienced Wednesday night's family or Christmas communion? If you did, raise your hand. You experienced, yeah, it was, guess what? I didn't. I didn't get to experience Wednesday night's Christmas communion the way I expected. Amy and I, this Wednesday night, would have celebrated the 23rd year in a row of leading people in Christmas communion. Now, now, if you're a guest with us, what is that? We, we set up four altars, one here, one there, one back here, one back here. And for the weeks leading up to Christmas, people sign up with their family, a, a time slot. And you come and you have cookies and cocoa. And they bring you into the sanctuary when it's your time. And we get to spend 12 minutes with you, 12 to 13 minutes. And it sounds like we just heard you through like cattle, but that's the, it doesn't feel that way. The Lord allows us just to slow down. It's beautiful. And I missed it. And here's the reason why, because I had an awkward family Christmas moment, all right? 
About 3 o'clock that afternoon, I got a phone call from Amy. Now, my wife had left my house to go pick up my kids at school. Well, she had to pick up Mac from school, and she had Arden with her. So 5-year-old she's picking up, 2-year-old is with her in the vehicle. And she calls me up, and she says, honey, um, um, I need you to come to me. And I, What's going on, baby? She goes, I, I've gotten pulled over by the police. Okay. Now, here's what had happened, okay? She's turning left. And in Ohio, we have a thing called claiming the intersection. And, and I know we have that here, but technically, it's against the law here. Here, you're supposed to stay on this side of the intersection unless you have a clear path to get through. In Ohio, we don't. We drive right down in the intersection, and oncoming cars are coming. And it doesn't matter if the light turns yellow and then even red. As long as you're in the intersection, once those cars stop, you turn left, you're good. Now, if you roll into it and it's red, you're in trouble, okay? And so Amy was just practicing good Ohio driving technique. So she's down in there, and she turns left, and as she turns left, whoop, the police officer wanted to let her know that's not the way we drive in Georgia, right? So he pulls her over. Now, that's not that awkward. How many has been put pulled over by a police officer before? How many right before Christmas? Yeah, I, I have. And then so oh, it's like right now, it's Christmas time. And, um, and that's awkward in and of itself. But here's where everything goes off the rails. So she says, honey, I need to let you know. She goes, um, when they took my driver's license, they said there's a bench warrant for my arrest. And they have to take me in. To which I'm like, oh, come on, girl. Are you, you, I'm waiting for like the, you know, April Fool's kind of thing, but it's December. And she's like, no, no. She's like, baby, I'm serious. Now, they're being nice, and they're saying if you'll come, they won't haul the car away. But they got to take me. You need to come and get the kids. And I'm like, Amy, come on. Are you kidding me? She's like, baby, I'm serious, you know. They're going to arrest me. Well, thank God, Jeremy Johnson, one of our police officers in our city, goes to this church. And he heard his pastor's wife name come up on, you know. So he runs to the scene, you know. It doesn't matter, though, because once a bench warrant comes up for you, once they run that, legally they have to take you in. Okay, so now it's about 3.30, 3.45, and I go to my girl, and, and I'm realizing, oh, my gosh, this is real deal here, you know. And so next thing you know, they take Amy, and I take the kids, <coughs> and they were so gracious to let me take my kids and get them away, you know, before they got Amy all taken care of. And I, I'm joking, but the truth of the matter is they had to put her in handcuffs. Why? Poor Jeremy. Oh, my gosh. Our Jeremy Johnson, Officer Johnson, his heart, he could just see it on his face. I don't want to do this to my pastor's wife. You could just see it on his face. And I said, buddy, it's okay. It's all right. You know, we get it. We understand protocol, you know. And so he hauled my sweet little wife to jail. Now, at this time, we're like two hours away from Christmas communion. So what am I supposed to do? Now, she's telling me, baby, listen, don't worry about it. Go do the communion. When it's over, come get me, you know. <laughs> she's been a pastor's wife a long time. She knows, you know. you got to sacrifice sometime, you know. And so that was what was in her mind. But I'm going to be honest. The Spirit of the Lord laid in my heart, okay, that I needed to not do communion. And I needed to go to my wife, all right. So I call Marvin. Marvin's going to be coming on staff as one of our staff pastors um, um, next in January. I've been saying that. And so he'll be coming on staff. Give it up for Marvin. 
I'm like, brother, I need you a month early, <laughs> you know. And so can you show up? And so he's like, I'm getting off work. I'm driving. I'm trying to get to you, pastor. And so he gets here. I do communion with one family. And then after that, Marvin took over my altar the rest of the night, you know. And, um, and I went to my wife. Now, here's the thing about it. In my mind, I remember thinking, and I really feel it was the spirit of the Lord, that the Lord was like, you need to honor your wife. And here's the exact words. She needs to know that she was put first, not the church. Okay, and so I ran to her, and um, and that's awesome because well, here I want to show you guys a picture. Here, look at this. This is awesome. That's my girl right there. Now, here's what's funny. I love it because Amy didn't choose the thug life. The thug life chose chose her. You know, that's my girl, and she got arrested, like literally arrested on Wednesday night. And, um, oh, my goodness, that cracks me up. And so she did. She got arrested. And, um, but as I began to think about this talk and the whole idea of an awkward family Christmas, I was blown away to see how much honor. Today what I want to talk about is how life is awkward, and we've got to find grace in the awkward moments of life. Okay? And listen, what I mean by that, grace extended is a gift. Grace extended is a gift. And the gift we need to extend often to our family and to our friends is the gift of honor. Everybody say the gift of honor. In that moment, to see Officer Johnson, just he was showing so much honor, as much honor as he could possibly show to this you know, new convict, as much as he could. <laughs> he was. And I think they were expecting us to be upset and frustrated. And, and how can you be mad? It was, it was, it was funny, kind of. And, and so with that, you know, it was one of those things to where we were showing honor to the police, you know, we just honored them and blessed them as they were doing what they had to do. And, and, and everybody's going, okay, so why did she go to jail? You're wondering, right? Okay, I almost forgot to tell you. So it, it, was, it was spousal abuse. She, no, it wasn't. I'll tell you what it was. She had got a ticket last year and thought she had paid it online. And she had hit the button and all that stuff. It must not have ever processed. And why would you ever print a receipt? Right, Jeff? Why? Receipt? No. So she, she, so basically, whatever she was supposed to pay didn't get paid. And they'll put a bench warrant out for you if that's the case. And they will take you to jail and you will miss your family Christmas communion event. Okay? First time in 23 years. What was beautiful, though, was that in that moment, God allowed us to honor the police. The police showed honor to Amy. I love that. In that moment, this was what was so neat. I left here. I got the money because I had a bailer out. It was like 300 bucks. I got the money. Actually, it's 270 and 20 if you ever need to know, okay? So you, to, and it has to be exact cash. I don't get that, but 270 and 20 and I, and I guess if she doesn't go to a court on February 1st, that 270 there will be a bondsman that will have to go get her. That would be fun. Story part two coming up in February. <laughs> And, um, but I got there at 6.40. I got there at 6.40. And um, it was almost 11 when they let her out. And here's what's wild about that. When she got out, here's her exact words to me. Now, she had told me I could go, you know, and do and serve with you guys. She had told me that, you know, because she was wanting to honor y'all, you know. But about 8.30, she called Adelie. And I'm not sure. Oh, well, she didn't call me because I didn't have my phone, you know. And so she calls Adelie. And because um, and, um, they don't let you have your phone when you're in there. And so... Adelie, I don't know where dad's at. I think he came to get you kind of a thing. But in her mind, she said the devil started telling her, he put the people before you. He 
exact words the Lord laid in my heart a couple hours before. She needs to know that I'm putting her before the church. Isn't that cool how God works? And I didn't even know it was going to be an issue. And she didn't know it was going to be an issue in her heart. She didn't even know, but God knew. And so in that moment, you know, we were able to show honor to Amy and through the whole awkward Christmas family experience that it was. And, um, and I was able to go get her. And what's really neat is she told me on the phone at 545 when I talked to her. That was her one call. You do get one call. It's real. It's legit. And um, she said, honey, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm just going to look at it like maybe there's somebody here that I'm supposed to minister to. And so long story short, my girl was able to show honor to Kiki and Jasmine. True. And so pray for Kiki and Jasmine. I don't know if Kiki and Jasmine will ever come to Momentum Church, but Jesus, we pray that you touch Kiki and Jasmine, that you do a work in their lives, God, and that the seed Amy planted would come into a harvest for those young ladies. And Jesus, Jesus, precious name, amen. And so that was my awkward family Christmas adventure this week, amen. What I want to do this morning as we talk about this idea of extending honor, this idea of giving grace, I want us to stand to our feet and let's open our Bibles to Malachi chapter 1. If you're looking for Malachi, it's dead in the middle. Go to Matthew and go back one book, okay? This is the last book in the Old Testament. You're about ready to go through a period of 400 years where there's no voice. There's no prophetic word. God becomes silent to his people for 400 years. And this is one of the last things that he's speaking to his people before he goes silent. All right? Before this 400-year span takes place. And it's about honor. Let's look here in verse 6. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I'm a master, where is my fear, says the Lord of the hosts to you, O priest, who despise my name? But you say, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. Wow. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor, says the Lord of hosts? And now entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that we walk in your favor. We thank you, God, that we can walk in your grace. Lord God, we want to be a people that honor you. We want to be a people that honor each other. Lord, today, help us to look what it, learn what it looks like to offer that grace gift of honor, I pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. You can go ahead and have your seat. This starts out, where is the honor? Where is my honor? Where is the honor? God's looking for honor to be established amongst his people. And he's asking, where is it? And as a country, as a culture, probably just around the world, but I'm, not, I mean, I'm here, so I'm going to just say us here in America. We've lost the art of honor in a lot of ways. You know, Honor is a powerful, beautiful thing. But a lot of times we don't offer that grace. We don't offer that gift of honor in situations, and it's very frustrating, and you see it all the time, you know. I was in my neighborhood, and a girl was walking, and she's just walking down the middle of the road. I come up behind, I beat my horn nicely. You know the difference. Beep, that's a Jesus beep. <laughs> Honk, that's not so Jesus-like. Hand out the window, really not Jesus-like, okay. And so I beep a little Jesus beep, beep, you know, and she just, she won't even turn around. She just walks. And all of a sudden, she puts her hand up in the air like, I'm going to do what I want to do. So I ran her over. 
I didn't. I just, I just waited and waited and waited. And finally, she got past the intersection. I was able to turn. But I'm just thinking, are you kidding me? You know? I mean, just the dishonor. It's something small. It's something little. But a teenage girl dishonoring somebody like that, that's just wrong, right? 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 We live in a culture where honor is being lost. We live in a culture where cursing in the presence of women and children is common. And I love to correct it. I do. You cuss all you want, but you cuss in front of a woman. I'm like, hey, man, watch your mouth. You know, you got women and children around here, you know. And I can remember one time a bunch of kids doing that at Taco Bell in front of my little ones and Amy. And I looked at the young man. I said, young man, watch your mouth. The only person that can cuss around my kids is their mother. <laughs> and he looked at me, and, and I smiled, and he smiled. And I was like, no, I'm kidding. I said, but you need to, you need to be respectful. And he's like, all right, sir. It was really a cool cool moment because his, as my mother said, his papa hadn't fetched him up right, you know. And so I was going to snatch him up, if it didn't, but... but so when it comes down to it, you know, we say things like, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. That's good, isn't it? We open doors for people, don't we? You know? And some people might say in this room, well, that's just a southern thing. And to me, no, no, that's just a Jesus thing. Come on, somebody. I, I just think it's the honor that we're supposed to show. It's a gift that we give. And everybody's life is awkward. Every day, somebody's going through something God help us to realize that. I used to get worked up about everything and everybody. And you would have an issue and I'd make me have an issue. And, and I'm getting, as I get older, I just realize, man, people are going through it. You know, they're going through stuff and they feel that tension and they're looking to pop off. And it's not right. But we need to be people that show honor, that extend the gift of honor in the midst of those awkward situations, you know. I mean, those might be small gestures, those little, you know, not opening the door and, and, and not worrying about your tongue and, and, and walking down the middle of stinking street, you know. But listen, they add up to a cultural trend that devalues others and elevates self to the point that it creates a social environment for the worst of tragedies to take place. We wonder why in our country so many tragedies, we've lost honor in our country. Amen. We've elevated self to the point where we are Lord and King of our lives, and it's permeating into the culture at large. And so we've got to start. The Bible says that, that judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Before we look at a world and go, tss, 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 all right, we look at ourselves and go, you know what? As for me and my house, I'll serve the Lord. We look at ourselves and say, I'm going to show honor. I'm going to give that gift of grace in the midst of situations. I'm going to start there, you know. And so I want us to be a church full of people that seek to find grace in the awkward moments of life and offer the gift of honor to others. That honor, I think, will bridge a lot of that awkwardness in your home. That honor will bridge a lot of the awkwardness, a lot of the frustrations at the workplace and, and with school. It will, that gift of honor. And so God, he took issue with his people in that last part of the Old Testament. And, and here's something the Lord showed me with this. He took issue with them. He challenged them. You do not honor me. And his voice went silent for 400 years. All I'm going to say is you stop showing honor, you can't hear the voice of God. The voice of your anger, the voice of retribution, the voice of resentment, the voice of bitterness will speak louder than the voice of God if you don't extend that gift of honor. Does that make sense? And it eats you up from the inside and it closes your ears off from receiving and hearing. And God saw it come and he begins to speak strong. This is about, 20, about 420 years before Christ came. God began to speak to these people. He 
got the book of Malachi. It's covered about 20 years. So about 420 years, starting out that start of Malachi, here comes this word that where's my honor? Where is that, that gift that you should offer to me? And so the word honor in the Hebrew, we'll put it up on the screen, it's kabod, kabod. And it means a heaviness or a weightiness. It just means to give weight to something. I'm not going to take that so lightly. I'm going to give weight to it. I'm going to give honor to it, to give weight to someone, you know. To honor someone then is to give weight. It means to grant a person a position of respect. That's what it's saying. And so here what we see in Malachi 1, verses 6 and 7 it says a son honors his father. In other words, a son gives respect and weight to the father and a master to his servant. We, we have bosses and employees now, but there's this master-servant or master, this boss-employee relationship that there's honor. And then God says, if then I'm a father, where's my honor? And if I'm a master, where's my fear? That word fear is respect. Where is it? Says the Lord of hosts. You priest who despise my name. You don't give weight to my name. You don't, you don't give a sense of heaviness to who I am in your life, a sense of position, a sense of place. You just run over it. And he's coming against them and saying, where's my, my honor? He's looking for that. You know, if I think about this time of year, my mind does. It just goes to the idea of his name. He is wonderful counselor. He is mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Prince of Peace. That's, that's his name. That's who he is. That's his character. And often we don't give him honor. And I, I, I know we struggle to honor each other at times. This is kind of a twofold sermon. It's honoring God, but also honoring our relationships, you know. And we've got to give weight to those things, those relationships in our life. Imagine, if you will, just to kind of give you a, an example, this idea of kabah, this idea of heaviness. You're driving down 575, and an, a big chunk of rock, side of the hill, has rolled out onto the road, okay? Big chunk of rock. You see it. If you don't honor that and give place to it and give position to it, and you try to run over it, what's it going to do to you? It's going to break you, you know? How many relationships are broken? How many friendships destroyed? How many uh, familial connections you have are strained in those awkward situations because we just run through it with dishonor. We're not giving weight to them. Does that make sense? That, that heaviness, that weightiness, it's a good thing. You're, you, you, in other words, to dishonor is this. It means to take weight away. It, it means to take something too lightly. I was out here one day, and we have a school that rents from us on Wednesday mornings, or Wednesdays during the day. And a little boy, we'd already had um, our administrator's car hit by a rock, okay? And, and, and already our administrator's husband, Brian, had let me know I need to talk to that school. And I did. And now I walk outside, and I see a boy throw a rock. And as I'm walking out, he's throwing it, and he picks up another one, and I holler at the boy. Hey, 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 put that rock down. And he looks at me, about nine, ten years old. I told you to put that rock down. And he's looking at me. And I'm like, you better put that rock. And the teacher looks at me like, like you're scaring him. <laughs> I'm about to scare him, you know. But he was taking me too lightly, you know, because he don't know what I can do, you know. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
<laughs> no. But he's taking me too lightly, you know. He wasn't honoring that situation. I don't know. I was raised in the era where the teacher hollers that, and you're like, because they would have beat me, you know. How many got whooped in school? Anybody? Weekly. I know that's hard for you to believe. Weekly. Until I was like 17. Okay, so. <coughs> so God says, but you, you've dishonored me. And they say, well, how have we despised or how have we dishonored? Another translation says dishonored you. How have we done that? And he says, by offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? And he says, by saying that the Lord's table may be despised. In other words, the Lord's table, the idea of their communion with God, this Lord's table experience, okay, they were treating communion as common. And they were bringing their, their refuse to act as an, as an offering to God, you know. As common. Say common. A lot of times you'll hear that word common, and you, you can think familiar. That's a good word for common. It's familiar. It's just common. We take it for granted, all right? We take it for granted. We, we, we look past it. We don't give it weight. It's just common. And, and if you think familiar, the root of familiar is also the root where we get the word family. Who do we dishonor the most? We do. We dishonor our family the most. We're not careful because we're familiar because it's common. They're common. They're familiar. And with it, we offer them our worst. We don't offer them our best. I'm going to tell you right now, the Spirit of God rose up in my heart on Wednesday. And when this happened with Amy, it just rose up. That's where you need to be, Ross. Now, here's what my wife said, honoring the situation. Honey, you go do the communion, and when it's over, you come get me. Is that awesome? I did the first one because I was waiting for Marvin to get there because he, he wasn't planning on being there at that time. He was coming a little bit later in the day. And so I did the first, the whole time I'm like, my brain, there ain't no way I could have done this tonight, you know. Because all I think was my woman, you know, getting shanked or something. I mean, <laughs> or worse, shanking somebody else, you know. It's like, oh gosh, now she's incarcerated forever and I got to raise the kids by myself, you know. So, but the spirit of God, seriously, in my heart was like, that's where you need to be. She needs to know that you're putting her first before the church. And she had told me not to worry about it. Well, mind you, I got the money lined up. I got there at 640, okay? She doesn't know this. If you've never had thumbprints or fingerprints, I mean, she has fingerprints. She's not a freak. She's got fingerprints. <laughs> if you've never been in the system, it can take up to four hours to get that report back because there's nothing to compare it, you know? If it had been her brother, done just like that, <laughs> you know? And she was wondering, people, rough folk coming in, and going out, and coming in, and going out, and here she's sitting. What in the world? Why? And literally, she said about 8.30, the devil just spoke into her heart. He put the people first before you. And then she's thinking, but I told him to. But you know how the devil is, you know. Man, that was the spirit of God. Literally, the words that the Lord placed in my heart, she needs to know that you put her before the church. Those are the words that the enemy spoke to her. He put the church before, the people before you, you know. And I didn't. I sat there for four and a half hours to get my girl home, you know. Praise my name. <laughs> oh, my word. But that's family. You know, we want to show that honor to family. We want to do what it takes. But a lot of times that communion, that common thing, it causes us to take advantage of each other. And often our communion or our fellowship with each other we treat it so common. We need to treat that with weight. We need to treat that with respect and honor that we have these relationships in our home and 
maybe at work or here at the church. Amen? So I want to give you three neat, neat things as we close real quick. Honor determines, the first thing is this, you ready? Honor determines the quality of what you give. What you present, what you give, how you offer your life, it all goes back to honor, and it determines the quality of what you give. In Malachi 1.8, it says, The offering of the blind and lame. Then you offer the blind animals in sacrifice, or when you. Is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? In other words, how have I been despised? I'll tell you how you've been despising my name. By giving me the refuse. By giving me the last. And listen, this isn't a tithing sermon, you know. End of the year, great time to tithe. But this isn't a tithing sermon. We're not going to have two services the next two Sundays. Keep giving. I'm being honest, but this isn't a tithing sermon. The tithe is just the money portion of our life. Our life, we show God and our people around us honor in so many other ways. You know, the, the money portion is important, but I'm just trying to get to this idea of honor, and they're giving him the less that they have. And so here it says that honor determines the quality of what you give. So if you are showing somebody honor, what you're going to give has high quality. Your attitude that you're going to present, high quality if you're showing honor, right? The words you use, high quality if you're showing honor. Amen? When you honor something, what will happen is you'll prioritize it. That, that thing that you give, the quality of it, is one of priority. She felt prioritized because I chose in that moment to honor her. You know? My, my papa gave me a guitar before he died. About five years before he died, he, he, he knew he couldn't play it anymore. And so he gave me a guitar. My papa was a, a honky-tonk player, singer guy. You know, a lot of the wise men... We're honky-tonk guys. And, um, and so he gave it to me. And this guitar has nicotine stains all over. It smelled like, it just smelled like a, a cross between a brewery and a, and a cigar store. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> and that guitar has a place of honor in my life, you know. I protect it. I prioritize it, you know. I, I, I keep it nice. I've kept it clean, but not too clean. I kept nicotine on it. Amen. I did, because that, that's like my pawpaw, and, and I, he's 96 years old, you know, and he tells me, he's like, Rousey, they won't let me smoke in here. Well, pawpaw, daddy said they let you smoke two cigarettes at 8 in the morning, two at 10, two at 12, two at, you know, and he's like, well, yeah, but a half a pack's not smoking at all. <laughs> 96 years old. He died last year, finally. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's awesome. But that guitar, I protect, I prioritize, I honor that because it was a gift. The, the quality of that thing showed that my pawpaw, there's some other cousins, but he wanted me to have that. He wanted to honor his firstborn boy cousin that plays guitar since I was 12. He wanted me to have it, you know. That's the first thing. Number two, when it comes to it, honor determines the quality of what you receive. The quality of what you receive, what you get is all about honor. Watch this. In verse 8, present that to your governor. In other words, give that junk, that refuse, to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor, says the Lord of hosts? Because they were doing good by the governor. They were doing good by everything that everybody could see. But that communion with the Lord, they weren't doing so good. We can do good all out here, but how we treat our family needs to be important, you know. How, how Honor determines the quality of what you receive. So it says this. It says, and now entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us. With such a gift from your hand, will he, he show favor to any of you, says the Lord? It's not that we're buying God off. But the idea is, you give the governor better than you give me, but you want so much for me? Well, Ross, it's an Old Testament principle. Ah, no, New Testament. 
give and it will be given to you. So sparingly and you will reap sparingly. So bountifully and you will reap bountifully, you know. And yes, that is a money talk, okay. But I believe you sow in kindness, you'll reap in kindness. You sow in honor, you'll reap honor. Amen? Amen? And so this is showing us that often we offer less to God than we expect from God. God, I want this, 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 this. But I hold my best from Him. My best of my time, my best of my finances, my best of my attitude. And yes, how you treat your family is about time and attitude and how you treat your God. Well, no, no, I'm good by God. I, I, no, I know that's how us Christians are. We're really good here, but we suck here. God wants us to be good here and there. That's why the cross has a vertical and a horizontal pole. You know? Connected with God, but connected with humanity. That's why righteousness doesn't mean to be in right relationship with God. You know that? Righteousness means to be in right relationship with God and man. You can't be right by one and wrong by the other and think you're right. But, oh, we do that so often, looking down our noses at other folk, you know. We all, I do that. And so don't offer less to God than you expect from God. You know, I think about it when I preach, you know. Um, church is kind of, when you're, when you're preaching, it's kind of a three-way conversation. I don't know if you know this, okay. I'm talking, I know that. But God's dropping stuff in your heart. There's things you prepare, but there's things that are prophetic just in the moment. It's fun, you know. And then you're listening, but you're saying amen and uh-huh and yeah, I got that. And, and, and so it becomes this, this, this three-way conversation, almost a three-way conga line, you know, a, a talk and a tango, if you will. I love it. It's just, it's just a neat, neat experience. And there's been times where I've been guest speakers at things, you know. And, and you go and you're a guest speaker. Marvin, you'll see this will happen to you. You go and you're a guest speaker, and you're not saying one thing different than that preacher's been saying for years. And you're saying it, and they're shouting you down. That's right. Mm-hmm. Say that, you know. And, 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 and as they shout you down, you know what happens? Something rises up in you. It's the weirdest thing. And, and some of the best stuff just starts to get pulled out of you. And you're going, whoa, Lord, that's, man, that's pretty awesome. Why? Because honor, it determines the quality of what you receive. And somebody will come up and go, man, that was incredible. That was an amazing sermon, Ross. And I want to say, just because you were listening amazing. When you all listen bad, I preach bad. I'm just being honest. Listen better. It's just the weirdest thing. It's, it's, it's because there's something about that. When honor's coming... You receive more, you know? When there's that hunger and you're leaning on into, into your seat and you're, what is coming next, God? It's just, it just, it's like saying sick him to a dog, you know? It is. We have a guy in the church who I remember teaching a most essentials class. And he's sitting there just staring at me. And I, I don't know what's going on. His eyes were almost watering the whole time. It's the weirdest thing. And when it was over, I said, well, well, what was going on through your mind? And he just said, Ross, I've been here for a couple years now. I've learned more in two years being in this ministry than I had my whole Christianity. And he was a board member of another church at one time. That's not because I'm a better pastor or preacher. No, he was at a place where he was ready to listen. I, I believe that. It wasn't because... It wasn't because it was, I went to a new church and got more. Half the time, people leave here saying they're not getting enough. And the new folk come saying, oh, my gosh, I never got so much. What that tells me is it's not a speaking problem. It's a hearing problem. Come on, somebody. Amen. 
you get hungry and have that, that sense of, God, what are you going to show me? It just, just pulls the tango into the talk, you know? It's like God just starts pouring. I love it, you know? <laughs> oh, man. On the other side, what you receive is a real quality of what you, or the, the honor that you give determines the quality of what you receive can work in the negative. And I'll be honest, for years, I had a really negative view of police officers. I'll just be honest, Jeremy. Not any one specific officer, because if I, if I knew you, I liked you. But if you were behind me with lights on, I didn't like you. And it wasn't just I didn't like you. I, was, I, was, I got arrogant and rude and ugly. And, 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 um, and you know, I'm going to be honest. I'd have a little bit of an attitude. Can I tell you the honest truth? I never caught a break ever. I mean, if I got pulled over, I got a ticket. I knew it, you know. I could never catch a break. Why? Because what I was giving off wasn't honor. It was dishonor, and it determined the quality of what I received. And I didn't receive a break today, you know. I received a ticket, okay. But after 9-11 happened and the nation was bombed and so many of our law enforcement officers died that day, that all changed in my heart. How arrogant am I that I let myself to dishonor those men, you know, that are just there to serve. And so it all changed. And so honor determines the quality of what you receive. And guess what? As I started to show honor to people, grace in the form of warnings started to be more common. <laughs> Sir, you really shouldn't have rolled through that stop. Thank you, officer. I appreciate that, you know. And, um, and so isn't that awesome? Unless you're a hardened criminal like Amy, and then you will get thrown in the pokey, okay? But just know, if you want to receive, man, honor determines the quality of what you receive. And then finally, honor is something that's decided, not deserved. You make a decision to honor, okay? All throughout Scripture, God challenges people to show honor to the least fortunate, challenges them to show honor to the poor, challenges them to show honor to, to, to the, even their enemies. All throughout Scripture, you see that. Jesus, he said something like this, I was sick and you visited me. I was hungry and you fed me. I was in jail and you, you came to me. Isn't that good? I was naked and you clothed me. And, and, and the disciples are looking at Jesus saying, when did we ever do that stuff? And he says, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. In other words, when you've, shown, when you've decided to show honor to all these, you've decided to show honor to me. Can I say that one more time? When you decide to show honor to all these, you decide to show honor to God. Isn't that awesome? And so right there, honor's decided it's not deserved. And here's the reason why, all right? You honor them because they are his. I want you to say, I will honor them because they are his. Say it one more time. I will honor them because they are his. Now, I don't know who the thems is that's driving you crazy in your little awkward life, family, work, whatever it might be, you know. But you choose in that moment to see that they're made in the Imago Dei, the image of God, and you honor them because they are his. To offer that gift of honor, it's a decision. And years ago, my pastor, and I've told this story in another sermon before, so this may not be new to you, but my pastor, years ago I served for almost 11 years under, and he was going through something, and he had hit a ministry wall. It happens. He had been in ministry like 25 years. This coming March will be 25 years for me, okay? And, um, and this is years ago, but he had hit that mark, and he had hit that wall, and, and with it, his vision kind of was getting stuck, and, and with it, he was just getting tired, and that happens to pastors, you know? 
And I was in the home of one of his board members, and one of his board members says to me, Ross, you know, it's just not the same. Something's going on. And he said, you know, if you were to go across town, half these people would go with you. And so I punched him in the throat. I didn't, but I wanted to. And I told him how ugly that was. And I, and I told him, I said, do you want to call? And I pulled out my old cell phone. It was, you know, a real big one. And, and, I, and I was like, you want me to call pastor and find out what he thinks about what his board member just said? And, and he says to me, he says, Ross, he said, you think that man walks on water? And I said, you know what? I've never seen him try. He goes, Ross, he said, that man puts his pants on just like you, one leg at a time. And I said, I've never seen my pastor naked. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. But I did say, I've never seen him put his pants on, you know. That's my pastor. He's going through something right now. And as his board member, you need, to, you need to get his back, you know. Not try to create some sort of division here, you know. And so with that, I showed my pastor honor. God was wanting me to pass the honor test and realize honor's not deserved, it's decided. My pastor deserved honor. But he was going through some stuff. And I had made a decision. I'm going to get his back, you know. I'm going to get his back. And so with it, I'm just going to show you this. Ready? We said honor determines the quality of what you give, but the second thing I said was honor determines the quality or the quantity of what you receive. You ready for this? Because of showing pastor honor, a few years later when we came to plant this church, that one church took up an offering, and it was $12,000 to come help plant this church that you're a part of today. That one church allowed me to ask for pledges for a year. $48,000 in pledges for that year. Now, about 24000 of that came, but oh my gosh, that one church. Would, that, would I have received that had I dishonored my pastor? Now, this was years before, so I didn't know that was in play. It's just a good practice to show honor. Because the quality, or maybe in that situation, the quantity of what you receive is directly linked to your honor. The Assemblies of God here in Georgia, when they saw that that kind of church was behind us and and I had other churches that were giving, and, and, and they saw that. They saw that people were honoring our ministry. Guess what they did? They gave $30,000 to this church plant. Why? It was all rooted back in honor. A lifestyle of honoring those you serve under. And God allowed us to have what we needed to begin to rule over what he wanted us to have dominion over. Isn't that cool? And I want that for you as well. And so as we close today... Aren't you glad, if you think about it, that God decided that you should have honor when you didn't deserve it? Aren't you glad? Yeah, yeah. He modeled that principle, didn't he? We didn't deserve his honor. But in the midst of that, he gave a gift of grace. That gift of grace was Jesus, lying in a manger. And so that babe came to be your wonderful counselor, your mighty God, your everlasting father, your prince of peace. He came to give you this ultimate gift that you didn't deserve. As we end today, you may be here this morning and you've never accepted that gift of Christ. What's that look like? We just say a prayer around here. And it just sounds like, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me for my sins. I recognize, God, that you have sent your son and Jesus died for my sins. And, and I want to have a relationship with Jesus. I want to know what that means. You know, If that's you this morning, hold up your hand. Is there anybody here who would say, I would love to begin a relationship with Jesus today. Is there anybody today? Amen, amen, amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, right now, help us in those familial situations that are so common and so easy to walk in dishonor. Rise up within us a spirit of honor, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www. 
www.momentumchurch.tv.